Welcome to Hope and Encouragement, a podcast dedicated to sharing gospel-centered devotional thoughts from the faculty of Heritage College and Seminary. Tune in to learn from Scripture and draw close to God together during this unique time. We're living in difficult times, as we know. And the question that I have is, how do we bring the praise of God into times like these? We are in an unusual time of difficulty, uncertainty, pain, and loss. How does doxology, the call to praise God for his grace and glory, fit? How do we extol God for all that we know he is, loving and good and holy and just and compassionate? I think King David helps us. In Psalm 57, he writes, and he writes it twice, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. That's verse 5 in Psalm 57, and it's the middle of the psalm. But then he repeats it at the end in verse 9. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. We know this verse well. We sing it in our churches. But the question I have, what's the context? It's kind of easy to simply voice these words and they resonate well in our churches and worship service, especially when times and circumstances are, are good. But what's the context that David is speaking from where he issues, from where he issues this call? And it's interesting, if we look at the title, it says, it's of David to the director of music, to the tune of Do Not Destroy. It's called the Miktam. But I'm interested in the next line. When he had fled from Saul into the cave. In other words, he's in trouble. The opening line is, have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me. It's important that we see in this twofold call for God to be exalted. It's important for us to see that it's set in a context of difficulty. In fact, we look at the verse before verse 5 in the middle of the psalm, we find these words. I am in the midst of lions. I love them. I I lie among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Then in verse 6, he says this. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but, (laughs) and I think there's a little chuckle there, but they have fallen into it themselves. And so here's the key point. Praise is never neutral. Praise is inevitably conflicted. Rarely, if ever, praise comes from a place where everything is good. We are called to praise and express toxology from places of pain and loss and uncertainty, even in the midst of a pandemic where danger and threat are very real. So, what's the backstory? How do we get there? How does this happen? Well, again, if we go down a couple of verses from verse 5, 
after he has talked about how they spread a net for his feet and he was bowed in distress, he then makes this statement. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. And he repeats the lines. My heart is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. Awake, awake. I will awaken the dawn. This is the way that uh, Old Testament poets and writers expressed uh, their most powerful voice to repeat something like this. And he's saying that he has hope and trust and confidence in God even in the midst of darkness because of a steadfastness of heart. A steadfastness of heart that is developed over the past and now holds him steady in the present and even into the future. Future of a new day, a new dawn, a new morning after the dark of night. And then if we roll back a couple of verses before, before verse 5 and that call for God to be exalted, we read these verses, these words. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends his love and faithfulness. Now, yes, David was saved from Saul's hot pursuit. And that's not a guarantee that everything will work out perfectly for us. It's his experience and testimony. And yes, when we see that word salvation, we are reminded that there is a larger and ultimate salvation found in Christ that we know and experience through faith in Christ. And that gives us amazing hope. But notice again, twice the word send occurs in the verse. And notice what he sends, his love and his faithfulness. The word for love is the word chesed. The word for faithfulness is the word emet. And I'm very interested in this phrase. He sends his love and his faithfulness. In the midst of chaos, God sent these messengers. His hesed, his loyal love, his love rooted in the beautiful covenant that God has made with him and had now has made with us through Christ. The reality that he has not forgotten his love for us. He sends his emet, his faithfulness, his integrity, truthfulness, his reliability. We're in hard times. Lorraine, my wife, is very vulnerable. She's vulnerable at three levels. Age, we're both seniors. A medical precondition that makes her vulnerable. And then the med she's on has suppressed her immune system. And so there's a concern here. We self-isolated. It's difficult for both of both her and me. Her kids and grandkids are her life, and we're trying to stay in touch with them through all kinds of means of technology. But we're in the midst of lions. All of us are. But because of God's love and faithfulness, his hesed and his emet, 
our hearts are steadfast. And we awaken the dawn every morning, not knowing what the day will bring. Not knowing that in spite of all our efforts to protect ourselves, we will become infected or might become infected. We choose not to think about the consequences of that. But somehow we sing and pray. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory somehow, in some way, be over all the earth. Thank you for listening to Hope and Encouragement. To learn more about Heritage College and Seminary, visit discoverheritage.ca.